Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Choice Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Gail Goodman Lynch. In America, we're fairly obsessed with talent. You only need to tune in to any number of reality shows like America's Got Talent or Dancing with the Stars or scroll through TikTok or YouTube to see just how much we celebrate talent in this country. And of course, many of the contestants on these TV shows and many of those TikTok and YouTube creators are looking to become the next big star or influencer. But for this episode, I bring you two guests who may be creating a bit of fame for themselves with their talent, but who are doing what they do because it's part of who they are. Their talents are creating the life that they want, and we're sharing these stories to inspire you to look into your own talents and nurture them in a way that lights you up. The talents represented in this episode are related to writing and music, but my guests are quite different people in their day jobs. My first guest writes mystery novels alongside his longstanding career as a corporate communicator, writer, and writing coach. So his talent really very much extends from what he does every day. But my second guest is a doctor who is also a rock star. If you knew her in one of her lives, you might not recognize her in the other. We'll start off my conversation with the author of the Murder Becomes series of murder mysteries, who writes under the pen name of Jeffrey Eaton. I asked him what was most exciting about writing his first book, Murder Becomes Manhattan, which was published in 2014. I asked him how adding this additional layer of mystery writing to his regular work has amplified who he truly is. One way it amplifies who I truly am is that, uh, is the, uh, for lack of a better term, the international cities component of the books. Uh, the first book is in Manhattan. The second book is in Miami. The third book is in Mayfair, District of London. And now the new book is in Macau, uh, next to Hong Kong. And um, I've been to all of those cities on with my business. And um, and and I, I found myself, uh, I mean, I wanted to do international communication from the get-go. And in fact, a full-time job I took here in Dallas back in 1980, the lure was that they wanted to create a magazine that would go to all of their employees worldwide. And that was the big lure for me because that's really where I, I had a, a strong inclination. Uh, that never came to be. And the industry they were in went kaput. It was oil back in the early 80s. So I found myself self-employed or uh, without a job for a while anyway. And by complete coincidence, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was a professor at Berkeley who was getting ready to go on a three month trip around the world. And I said, you know, I'd love to you know, carry your bags, you know, just sort of jokingly. And he said, well, he goes, you know, I'd love for you to come along on at least part of the trip, if not all of it. And it got me thinking that when I was an editor, I would have photographers contact me and say, hey, I'm going to Australia or hey, I'm going to South Africa. Could you use some photographs? To which my reply was, well, I don't really need photographs as much as I need stories. And that's where the genesis for my business that lasted for that I did exclusively for about 12 years was, which was to go and market myself as a writer photographer. I could also do photography, simple photography. And uh, I'll go into Hong Kong. I'll go into London. I'll go into whatever. And I will write, interview your people there and write an article about what you're doing. Uh, and you can then publish it in the company magazine. And like I say, that that business lasted for 12 years. Well, I 
fell in love with being that international traveler. And it changed me as a human being dramatically, as it does any human being, if you do it more than just, hey, we're going to go to Cancun and hang out at the beach. If you're really living and working in different places and, and having to be respectful and mindful of the local culture that you're in and learn about it, um, it changes you, you know, huge. So um, in that way, re, I feel in a way I'm passing along that joy of, exp- uh, of learning about and finding and exploring international cities to my readers through the books. So I think that's probably the, the primary way it's an amplification of, of who I am. And um, I think probably between that and then and then and then my love for writing and my love for words and my love for for connecting them in ways that maybe someone else hasn't connected them before and and having uh, uh, people respond to that in a in a positive way uh, is the other angle that for me is a joy. Jeffrey combined his love of world travel with his lifelong love of a good mystery novel and began creating stories about all of these places through a common connection with a murder. And that murder would then be solved by an unlikely set of characters, a world-renowned architect and his staff. I asked Jeffrey to describe how he created the character of his protagonist, Dalton Lee is his name, and why Dalton is so quirky, especially his obsession with a good grilled cheese sandwich which is one of the recurring themes with this particular character. There's a whole lot of books, there's a whole lot of series out there that have, as the protagonist, the, for lack of a better term, the hard-boiled detective. Um, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, the kind of character that someone like Mickey Spillane, you know, would, would have written. And, 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 and so I found that kind of too, too predictable, too stereotypical. And that's not me. And, and I'm not saying that Dalton is me, although I do love a good grilled cheese sandwich. Um, I wanted, I wanted, the, <laughs> I wanted the guy to be, uh, interesting, uh, and, and, and cerebral, but also something somewhat more human, more human and multifaceted than a lot of the protagonists are in, in mystery books. So that's why I decided to have, and I just sort of, you know, as a writer, I just let my imagination flow there. And suddenly he was talking to inanimate objects, having conversations with inanimate objects, uh, you know, mannequins in store windows. Uh, in the latest book in Macau, he's, you know, has a conversation with the fire hydrant that starts talking to him. And all of this ends up leading to something. The newest book finally lets readers know what's going on here and that he's not entirely mad, although he's probably a little bit mad, but we're all a little bit mad. And that's the point. Now that he's published his fourth book in his series, Jeffrey has clearly hit a rhythm with his murder mysteries. I asked him to share more about the journey to get to this point and what his life is like now. Obviously, every every writer, every novelist would love for the business, for the writing to become a full-time business and, and pay for one's life. And and it almost never does. And and that's the case here. Uh, fortunately, I mean, I'm in the lucky crowd. I've, we've made a small profit off the books. Uh, but it also involves an enormous amount of work. I'm self we're self-published. Uh, I tried to go the publisher route, the agent route, all of that. I got a lot of positive feedback, but no one ever would go all the way. So mm-hmm. I went, I don't have the time for this. You know, I think we spent, I spent like nine months to a year just trying to get somebody to to kind of say, okay, we're going to take this on. And uh, I said, never mind. Uh, 
And so we we decided to dive into it ourselves. It's a, being self-published is a lot more work than than people will tell you it is. Uh, they make it sound like it's easy. And and yes, you can get a book up on Amazon easily. It, it doesn't take much to do that. But actually, uh, you end up, of course, doing all the marketing, which you now have to do, even if you have a publisher, you really yeah. still have to do all your marketing. So it's not like it's more than. But it's uh, so you're writing books, you're trying to market them, you're trying to do social media for them, you're trying to go to book fairs and sell your books. And uh, it becomes a full-time endeavor, even if it's not necessarily delivering a full-time income. So you still, I'm still balancing, you know, taking care of clients on the side. So to be honest, my life is, is probably a lot busier than it was say 10, 15 years ago, but more importantly, it's more, it's more crammed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't have as much a downtime as I used to, because if, my, if I've taken care of the clients in my corporate communication business, now there's stuff I need to be doing for the books. And that didn't used to be the case. So that's how life is different. It's it's more crammed, enjoyable, fun. I've had great experiences with the books and marketing them and all of that. But it's just, it's a, it's a you know, you're do, I'm doing this a lot more than I did 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, and I guess the the next question I would ask is, what would your life be like if you hadn't made the choice? I guess you'd still be, you know, a little bit more balanced, but right. Well, and you know that raises another important, very important point is that is that doing the books has served as a growth point for me. Uh, that I I ha- I won't. I'm not sitting here looking back, going, "Well, I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing 15, 20 years ago." Uh, my life is the same as it was 20 years ago. I found a path to evolve and uh, and have taken that path and and am thrilled and glad that I did. And just a very quick example, I had uh, my high school reunion was a month ago and I went out there and there was a woman out there who came up to me and I probably, I don't know that I've seen her since high school, although we're Facebook friends. And we were talking and she said, she just put her hand on my, she says, you are such a fabulous writer. Thank you. Oh. And to get that from someone, she's bought all the books, right? And she's like totally into the series. And to have someone you haven't seen in that long, and you we, we knew each other in high school, but we weren't like close buddies. So this wasn't something she needed to do. This wasn't something she needed to do out of a sense of obligation at all. Yeah. And, and, and it's moments like that that um or having an agent uh uh who i sat down and had her go over my work um and give me feedback on it at a book fair in nashville and she said you absolutely your writing style is at the top of the heap you could easily she goes we can't bring you on because you're already into your series we only take on new things but uh, she says, your writing is as good as anybody out there who's on the bestseller list. I'll tell you that for sure right now. And she, again, she didn't need to do that. I was there going, you know, give me an, give me honest feedback. Do, is it worth my continuing to even apply this area? And she said, oh, you better believe it. So things like that make it worthwhile. Like so many things, the joy of doing it is the most important reason to go beyond what's there in front of you. I asked Jeffrey what his best advice would be to anyone who wants to write a novel. First thing you have to do, I believe, is tell yourself, I'm going to write regardless of whether I'm a successful writer or not. 
Um, writing has got to be its own thing for you. And I, I got to tell you again, and we've kind of we've kind of talked about this, but just the writing process and being a writer and 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 then and then handing it off to people and getting some validation. Uh, getting a lot of validation is in and of itself has got to be enough of a reward for you. You might also become a successful writer. You might also win the Pulitzer, but, but, but that can't be your reason for writing. It's got to be because you got to write and you want to write and you love doing it. Let yourself enjoy the process of writing and, and learn here or there, but there are people who are lifelong studiers of how to write and then they never get a book out. And don't, don't, don't let yourself go there. Get out there, make it happen. And, and then the second important point would be to encourage everybody to go to murderbecomes.com and check out the series. Jeffrey's journey is very inspiring, especially to anyone who has a book in them that just needs to be written. Clearly, if that is you, it's time to just do it. Now, turning to my next guest, the inspiration continues in hearing from someone whose talent is not connected to her daytime persona. Jennifer Kiner is a medical doctor living in Orange County, California, who spends her free time expanding in a different way through her love of music. She plays bass guitar, not in one, but two Southern California rock bands, and she even created her own rock star persona that shows up at each of her gigs. It may seem a little odd for someone to be a doctor by day and a rock star by night, but according to Jen, it's not that unusual. No, it's uh, it's funny. I, I did want to say that I am not the only one doing this. There is a whole niche of uh, rock doctors, uh, rock docs that I, you know, uh, run around town with and we play shows together. So it's kind of a thing. Um, you, you know, you kind of seek it out. And you realize, wow, there are a lot of people, it's not their day job, you know, it's it's what they do at night for fun. But then it's it's an interesting world of, uh, you know, professionals who um, on the side uh, have, have you know, live musical skills. So um, I, I love to be included in that world. And I'll, I'll get to that because that's totally inspiring to me. I mean, that is seeing other people, oh, you can do this, you can do that, you know. And so it opened up a lot of doors in, in my mind to be able to go down that path. So one is a uh, uh, an associate who's a, a doctor as well, and he was in a band just with a friend from like high school. Um, so it was like a singer, guitarist, and then a drummer, and like that's it. It was like the two of them. And I saw them play live. I'm like, well, what about a bass player? And he's like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I invited myself. I totally might have. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> can I play bass in your band? I, I I don't know. I'm kind of like that these days because I have like no fear of failure. Like, what am I going to lose? Nothing, right? They can say no, and they're like, yeah, come play with us. So. We were a band for about a year on Crushworthy and played like, you know, these cool, um, I don't know, uh, hipster, I want to say, places and, you know, Echo Park in Los Angeles. And we were like the elders were like the parents age of the kids who would come to our shows. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. OK, this is interesting. So fun, though, honestly, such a blast. And then um, it, it got to a point where I was like, I think I want to form my own all girl band if that's a thing i mean you know the go-go's come on and the bangles right, right? all the cool i know right Run and that's away, the music I, you play too I mean, oh uh, cool. absolutely so i'm like i want to be in a band with all girls you know it just but now it's all girls and guys it's like it doesn't even matter anymore but i thought that was kind of um you know kind of novelty act especially 
when I got together with some friends and, you know, with the help of other doctors who are also in rock bands, they're like, oh, I know a girl who sings, who's, you know, a nurse. And I know a pharmacist who plays guitar, like a girl, all girls. So I'm like, well, this sounds awesome. Let's make this happen. Um, super energy, like women in healthcare rocking out. As you can tell, Jen gets excited when she talks about her music and the unique tribe of healthcare professionals turned rock stars that she's met on this journey. And as she alluded to just now, this group is not necessarily a set of young people. Jen had a passion for music back in her childhood, but you know, a dose of realism and a demanding career really pushed this notion to the side for quite some time for her. So what started really was like when I was a kid, you know, listening to music and um, you know, we were talked about, joked a bit about being on the radio, you know, you've, you were um, on the radio before, but yeah, used to listen to K-Rock and all these bands like Duran Duran, right? And down, <laughs> we're both Gen Xers and uh, I just really fell in love with music. I mean, one of the first albums I got was like Pat Benatar. And I just thought, wow, what a cool chick, you know, and great music. And in fact, our band still, you know, plays Heartbreaker and songs like that. And it's just, it never gets old in my mind. It's so nostalgic and, and wonderful. Um, and in terms of like uh, inspiration, so many along the way, but bass guitar is interesting. It's like, I knew, for instance, John Taylor, right? Of Duran Duran. I'm like, oh, he's so cute. And <laughs> I was a kid. I was like a little fanatic and um, he plays bass guitar. That's cool. Whatever that means. You know, I was very young and um, didn't understand the difference between that and like a regular six string guitar as an example. But I was like, how fun would it be to be in a band? You know, I mean, that sounds, you know, fans running after you and, you know, jet setting around the world. I mean, I just thought like that seems like a really fun thing to do. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was like, that'd be fun to be a rock star someday. And I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's just such a pipe dream This, you know, and I'm a dreamer and I feel like I, I really do feel this from the bottom of my heart. If you really want to do something hundred percent, you can do it. Um, doesn't mean you're going to be great at it, but you can give it a stab at least. And, you know, go, you know, follow your dreams for sure. So, um, I kind of did that when I was a kid when, you know, I took guitar lessons when I was like 15 years old and it just was, you know, eye opening to me to think about play music, like physically, but also, you know, it's, it is kind of mathematical on some level. I mean, there's a, it, your whole brain lights up when you play music. It's, you know, it's very uh, stimulating in all kinds of ways. It's not just, oh, it sounds good. It's just, it feels good. It's, you know. And uh, it's just a whole different world, way to use and think and, and be creative. So, I mean, that was a big, um, I don't know, attraction to me. So it was it was kind of started out like that, like just love of music, wanted to, you know, secretly be a rock star as a kid, learn how to play the guitar. Um, so that sort of led me to starting out as a young person, because like, as you know, if you learn something like to ride a bike, you know, when you're a kid, then you can ride one as an adult a lot easier if you picked one up and you hadn't done it for 20 years. Right. right. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of what happened. You know, I kind of put a guitar on the shelf for a long time because I was, you know, pre-med and med school and residency and it was pretty much work school, you know, and uh, that was very focused on that. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of time for a hobby, you know, and it was just really um, all encompassing. So Cut to many years later, you know, I, I picked up a bass guitar as like, seriously, like a 40 year old. And I, I was like, I think I can do this. I want to do this. And I got one you know, um, for my birthday, I think it was. And I'm like, oh, I want to play it and I want to take lessons. And 
I, I remember how fun it used to be. So it was, it was something I picked up later in life and I showed up really late to the party with, but man, it's been a party. I'll tell you, it's so much fun. In her professional life, Jen lives very much in the physical world. In serving her patients, she's dealing with issues related to the body and its health or its lack of health. But there is also this intangible part of each and every one of us. I call it the soul, but it's that part that lights us from within. I also believe it is the part of us that creates true connection with other people. So I found it really interesting that Jen chose music as an expression of her soul self and I asked her how that choice amplifies her true nature. I love that. Yeah, I don't think I put the two together, but yeah, because there's mind and body and spirit. And if, yeah, if I had to put it into a spiritual context, I would say this is my spirit animal. <laughs> the person that I'm on stage, I mean, it's me, but it's a totally playful, carefree version of me, which is so lovely and like childlike and I don't have the adulting responsibilities you know weighing me down at that moment so it's very freeing and while that freedom and fun on stage doesn't necessarily get to show up in her doctor's office Jen is just as fulfilled by her work and her life honestly my job is fascinating too it really is I learn new things every single day and I love it um, it's a privilege taking care of patients um, it is not um, it is a labor of love on some extent, you know, just like being a mother and it's, it, it, you know, it's not always super easy and there's a lot of work that goes into it's work, you know, work is work, but sure. it's also, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, a learning experience beyond. I mean, so I've treasured my professional life as well, like uh, beyond what, you know, so I, I'm not like, oh God, I have to get away from my life kind of, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it augments, you know, like the experience I'm already having, um, to, to elevate it, like icing on the cake, let's put it that way. It's just, you know, how it just completes the, the, the goals that I set out to, you know, achieve. And so just being a part of the music scene is, is definitely one of those goals. Not unlike Jeff, Jennifer just decided to go for it. She picked up a guitar again at age 40. She took some lessons and then she invited herself to a rock band. And she's been playing gigs all over Southern California ever since. I asked her how her life might be different if she hadn't chosen to pick up that guitar again after so many years. I mean, after all, doctors are really busy. Just try like getting a same day appointment with your doctor and you're going to see that's pretty tough, right? She also has two daughters, a husband, a dog, and extended family living nearby, including her own mom. Now, arguably, that's a lot on one plate, and it could very well be enough just in itself. What would her life be like if she decided that it was all enough and she didn't need to add anything to it with getting back into music? I think it would be less interesting, <laughs> for sure. I, I Honestly, because um, I wouldn't know any different, but um, I know now that I, I met a wonderful just enclave of all kinds of musicians i mean from you know rock docs to uh, engineers you know people who are from all facets of life and ages and i mean just all it's such a great inclusive um world music you know everybody loves it who doesn't love music it's like food right it brings people together 
it it's nostalgic. You think of good times, and I I love nothing more than live music. I mean, to go to it and be an audience member, but to be on stage, you know, that's a whole nother level of an experience. So I have to say that I you know, really treasure and and thrilled to have met so many wonderful people in, in, in the music world. Like Jeff, I have spent the majority of my career as a corporate communicator, which means that I do a lot of writing. And like Jennifer, I love to perform. In my backstory, I did a lot of theater in high school and college, and then later I performed in community theaters, and I loved it. I also spent some time in radio, And in looking back on that, that was where I really had a great deal of fun in writing and performing together. So at age 17, I got my first job as a DJ with a country music station. And then I went on to Texas Christian University, where I served as a DJ and a reporter for the campus radio station. Now, during my time with KTCU, I created a little niche for myself as the features reporter. And I absolutely loved identifying people that I could interview who would share their stories on the air. So as podcasting then became more of a thing that people did, it was really a natural fit for me and it really lights me up. So at the end of the day, we all have really unique skills and talents. There's a saying that you have to be yourself because everyone else is taken. And that is so true. Only you have the unique blend of talents that you have. The choice we have to make then is how best to use them, not only to create the life that we want, but also to make the world a better place. I decided to get into the inspiration business by using my talents to create choice wisdom, and I really couldn't be happier with the results. As we enter into a new year in a few weeks, I wanna challenge you to brush off your talents and use them for your highest good and the highest good of all. May your holiday season bring you many blessings, and I look forward to bringing a new episode of Choice Wisdom to you in the new year. Between now and then, make sure to check out the full interviews with Jeff and Jen, which will air over the next couple of weeks. Thank you again for listening, and see you in 2024. Running wild, nothing to lose. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Choice Wisdom Podcast. This podcast was created by me, your host, Gail Goodman Lynch, and is produced and edited by the amazing team at MZ Studios in Dallas. The opinions expressed by my guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owner or producers of this podcast. The information shared on Choice Wisdom is intended to inspire you, but not presented as legal or medical advice. Choice Wisdom is part of the Co-Equal Network, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. For more information, please visit choicewisdompodcast.com. Forever and ever, always young, forever young.